Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. All Hit Radio! X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the X-Zone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide, toll-free, 800-610-7035. Email X-Zone at xzoneradiotv.com on all the major social media sites, X-Zone Radio TV, and our website is www.xzoneradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Ed Roman, and right out of the gate with his freshman release in 2000, Special Ed and the Musically Challenged, Ed Roman defined his paradigm with inventive, infectious tunes that shook one's marrow and stirred the spirit. Ooh, I love that. This guy is truly unique, Exonation. Nation. Three follow-up releases with SEMC continued to mesmerize and astonish with music that both kissed and prodded, seduced and challenged, hypnotized and enlightened. Joining me now is a fellow Ontarian and a fellow Canadian, Ed Roman. And Ed, welcome to the X-Zone. Rob, it's a pleasure to be here and thanks so much for having me. Hey. I, I was going to say Rob McConnell and here I'm thinking of the boss brass. Well, yeah, unfortunately no relations, but this is funny. I was in London, Ontario at uh, 
1290 CJBK when he was there. Okay. And, and we, we, we confused a lot of people. We really I'm sure, did. I'm sure you did. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, I don't play trombone. I do play guitar. And, uh, you know, I was so sad to hear that, uh, that uh, Rob passed away a number of years ago. A great guy. I had the opportunity of meeting him, and we had a couple of beers together once. So Lucky memorable. you. That's yeah. wonderful. And you're in the home of Don Thompson as well, too, another great Canadian musician, a bass player, composer, keyboardist, and vibraphonist. Yeah, we are. I'm all, it's also the home of Michael J. McCurley. Another That's right. great Canadian. Uh, let me see. Um, uh, who else is from here? Um, oh, uh, oh was it Bill, wasn't Bill Bird originally from Hamilton? You know, I, I don't know that. I that I don't know, but and tiny tiny talent time the classic. That's was, right. We sh- was shot shot of, out of Hamilton. That's now right. Is the time for the show? Yeah, yeah the CHCH uh, Amphitheater on uh, on King Street. And, yep. And then uh, let me see, David Wilcox. That's right. Is from Hamilton. Um, so, you know, Hamilton's not only the steel city, in my opinion, Hamilton is one of the greatest musical centers in this great country of ours. Uh, I'm originally from Montreal, so I had the pleasure of meeting a number of greats in Montreal, including uh, Leonard Cohen way back when, Cliff Edwards from the Bells, uh, Bowser and wow. Blue, and, and a host of others. But that's for another show, or the <laughs> next or the next time you pass through Hamilton, we'll go to a... Tim Hortons and have a coffee and uh, chew the fat. So, so tell me, tell me, uh, how did you get into music, Ed? It's been a part of my life all of my life, as long as I could remember. I, I'm a dyslexic, and um, I just want to say, first of all, most people think dyslexia is a learning disability, mm-hmm. and it is in some ways if you want to put that moniker on it, but... Uh, I find it to be actually something that's an advantage. It's more like a gift because the dyslexics and all through history, we can point out many of them, whether they be composers or architects or whoever, mm-hmm. um, they have the ability to kind of look outside of the box and they're kind of forced to just because of their surroundings. So music was a way for me to express myself and sort of come out of my shell. I also grew up in a family of three generations of people wow. um, where, you know, my grandparents were listening to, you know, Eastern European music, but my grandmother loved loved all kinds of music from like popular music, mm-hmm. classical music, Elvis Presley, the beat, anybody. That you, but she was always singing. And the idea that music was an important thing was, was omnipresent in my house because also to my parents were avid music listeners. My mom saw a lot of the greats at the Brass Rail. Yeah. Uh, you know, she always talked about those shows. Same thing with my dad. Brothers and sisters were 10 years older than I was, so I was exposed to that late 60s, 70s mm-hmm. kind of experience of music and folk artists and a lot of rock and all that kind of stuff. So I had a plethora of music always happening, but this, the significance, the importance of it was also because I was the baby. It helped me kind of, you know, hey, I'm here. You know, my, my rendition of John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt on the kitchen table with people, you know, talking and arguing. Because I also grew up in a very political family. My dad was the mayor of Markham for 30 years. And he was also uh, the first federal MP in Canada. It was a coalition candidate. Uh, they had ousted the liberal and conservative leaders and asked my dad to run as an independent in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. He was also a police commissioner, and he was a commissioner of York Region as well for six years. But it was also very important to be uh, politically minded and to be thinking about what's going on in your community, around you, and a nationwide. And to me, music, in many ways, especially the type of music I grew up listening to and aspiring, like had a lot of that meaning in it. So in, in, that's really the incarnation of Ed and, and why Ed exists and writes music today. It seems to be not only a, a form of art form for me in self-expression, but also a way to really sort of communicate my, my ideas when it comes to about life, politics, and sociological kind of things. 
Ed, you and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes. ExoNation, Ed Roman is my very special guest this hour. His, his website is www.edroman.net. That's www.edroman.net. And we'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Visit us online at www.exxonradiotv.com and like us at Facebook, Exxon Radio TV. We'll be back in two. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon Radio Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. a disease that you would like to alleviate through a natural means? Have you been contacted by angels, ghosts, or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara, and I'm offering my services free of charge for first-time clients contacting me during the month of April. These free consultations include angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you have always wanted to explore these types of experiences but were skeptical or simply could not afford them, then take advantage of this free special offer. Contact me through my website, aguidinglight, spelled L-I-T-E, dot com, to schedule your consultation today. Until then, I offer you love, light, and laughter.
Exonation, uh, Ed Roman is my special guest this hour, www.edroman.net. Uh, Ed, uh, besides music, I understand that you also have a an interest in what we talk about here in the Exxon, everything within the world of the paranormal to parapsychology. And I was wondering if you could tell me what happened to your family with a UFO that visited your farm? Well, that's a, a wonderful story, and it's really part of the family allegory. I was nothing but a thought probably in my parents' mind at the time when it occurred. But uh, in 1966, mm-hmm. um, we had an, e- an evening happen where my mom was making dinner. It was in November. It was getting dark early, and the uh, there was a vibration that started in the house. And my mom had thought, oh, there's the sump pump had turned on in the basement. She went to check. And when she realized it wasn't on, she started to come back up the staircase, which led into the bay window of our kitchen. And she thought, when she got to the top of the stairs, that there was an airplane that was going to hit the house. But then she quickly realized that it wasn't moving, but it was extremely bright. And she asked everybody at the kitchen table, my two sisters, my brother, my grandparents, to look out the window and to, to verify what she was looking at. Mm-hmm. And what they described was an oblong-shaped sort of ball that was hovering above the ground just in front of our barn. Now, what was interesting about the observation was that it, it was so bright that it was hard to look at it. It was almost like an arc light from, from a welding unit or something. And, and the odd thing about it, too, was that it didn't cast any shadows, that, that the actual trees themselves, as you normally would with a big spot, you'd see that distance prevailing of the, of the actual shadow moving across a lawn or something. None of that was there. It was really sort of alarming. And at the wow. same time, there was this sort of like grouping of what my mom describes as fluid lights. So almost lights that were like fluidly moving inside of themselves mm-hmm. that were around the, like the lower second third of the actual object. And then what happened was they watched it for about five minutes, and then it moved up over top of the barn. They walked out of the house, and they watched it move to the southwest towards the Oshawa Pickering area. But my mom said it was almost moving like a bouncing ball, like, and, and if I can describe it, like following the topography of the landscape itself. So, you know, my dad came home that later that evening because he was in a council meeting. And, you know, she told him what, what happened. And he was like, well, you're crazy. That, you know, I, that, I don't know what that is. So my mom started doing some inquiring like you would back then. And she had called the Buttonville Airport, which is just off the 404. Yep. And they had reported tracking six different unidentified flying objects uh, that evening. And as well, the David Dunlop Observatory had released a report to the local Richmond Hill newspaper and uh, the time the Markham paper about the exact same thing. So there was this sense of confirmation in the public about it. And at the time, I think that there was sort of more, uh, an open dialogue about what was you know, going on. And you may have heard reports more frequently about that stuff as opposed to today where mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff is suppressed, not talked about, or you're you know, described as like you know, you're crazy or something. You're, you're seeing something. It's mass hallucination or whatever the excuse happens to be. So for me, it brought a lot of validity in, in my own personal experiences of other things that I had seen in the night sky. And as well, it keeps 
keeps me looking because I it, it has that question uh, ignited in me as a as a, uh, somebody that's interested in the topic, and because of it, I've become a bit of an amateur ufologist, studying everybody from you know the all the Roswell stuff to the Corona crashes. I'm a big fan of Stan Friedman and you know um, mm-hmm. Jim Mars. I love a lot of his stuff. And no, he is a great guy. He's a great guy, and and there's a lot of people bringing a lot of valid information, and that's what I guess I'm looking for. I'm looking for the, these stories that are by reputable people mm-hmm. that are describing things that they can't explain that are backed up by public uh, things that are like whether they're the airport or anybody. So for me, it's confirmation, you know, and but that's that's really where that story comes from. And, and, and I hold it true to my heart because, I, like I said, it feeds me also, too. I've written a song about it. It's called A Few More Days and about the idea of maybe taking a ride with these guys and getting a different perspective on things. Let me ask you, why do you think that these craft are visiting us? Why don't they just land, get it over with, and say, hey, listen, we're here, no more speculation? Well, see, you know, fractal programs in the universe and the concept of itself and how it keeps relaying on itself and things that are repetitious. Mm-hmm. They say there's nothing new under the sun. And even us as a, a human civilization or species, as I like to refer to us as, is more interested in other species. And we tag them and we try to do things to them right now. We're manipulating DNA. We're doing. And I think if you look back all through human civilization, there are many things that, that point to uh, the advent of some kind kind of intervention uh, or a, a meeting or a contact, mm-hmm. if you will, of some point. So I don't think it's anything new. I think it's something that's been going on for a long time. And, and there may be more people that are privy to what's really going on than than most people, I would say, you know, 2% of the population really knows is 98% are like, well, they, they're undecided or, you know, half and half, yes, yeah. I believe, or half I don't believe. But uh, I think it's something, if it's an agenda thing, it can't be that much uh, different and quite symmetrical to the same things that, that we do with, with other species, whether it be plant life, you know, flora or fauna, excuse me. You know, uh, many people in the different religions that, uh, that, that rely on the Bible are, are very quick to say, well, no, if, if, if this was true, it would be mentioned in the Bible. And, and my response is, it is Exactly. The book of Ezekiel even talks about, I mean, his sure. experiences with the, the, the wheel in the sky. But it, and but it even things. goes back to the time of Moses. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. first of all, you've got the pillar of fire by day, uh, by I'm sorry, pillar of smoke by day, pillar of fire by night. And then you have what I call his meeting with the extraterrestrials when he was handed the Ten Commandments. Yeah, the burning bush. Exactly. Yeah, and then you've yeah. got the Ark of the Covenant, which yeah, is this exactly. incredible static electric mm-hmm. charge box that, you know, it, it, it's all, it, I could see it, you know, and I mean, even, there was a book a while back called Cargo Cults which wonderfully described it almost in a 20th century fashion, which says that when the, when the Air Force had gone into sort of Polynesian islands and mm-hmm. set up different things oh, yeah. during the Second World War, when they left, yeah. the actual islanders started to build bamboo-structured versions of airplanes and stuff to try to attract the people to come back because of the technology yeah. they had. And there's a lot of that, you know, in, in ancient sculpture and, and, and different things that are like that. It's, it's kind of hard to ignore. And not only that, the logistic behind, I mean, even some of the stuff, and I know it's like Zawi Hawass is one of my favorite people to watch because I love to watch him speak, but I also disagree greatly with things that he says. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the blocks, even at, at uh, Bilbao and, and, and the other place, these, these stones are like 200 tons. 
90 tons. Unbelievable as far as an achievement in even today's standards yeah. as far as moving something. How is that possible with ancient cultures and the alignments of things? It's either that or there's this loss, like with the Piri Reese map, this ancient knowledge exactly. that's been, been lost in some way. Yeah. And, 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 and I think it also behooves that other 2% to sort of keep it you know, kind of hidden and quiet and, and, and poo-pooed because mm -hmm. that way it's much easier to control. What's your definition of conspiracy? Conspiracy, well, if you look at, let's think about the United States and the forefathers. I mean, they came from an oppressed uh, states of Europe, yeah. and they, do, they wanted to you know, build a constitution, and it was about the people. And they themselves spoke of the idea that, you know, conspiracy is something that is to overthrow and or to take over a situation that is sort of brought about by earnest. So and and to manipulate others on that behalf. What the the thing about the clature of it today and how it relates to it being a stigmata of somebody that's crazy is that it's tied in all these different things and 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 people that maybe also make outlandish claims. But the reality of it is that a conspiracy is a real thing and a theory is also a really thing. Without theories, we don't have the theory of relativity or gimbal equations in order right. to be able to do things. So to put the two together and then to have that stigmata attached to it is ridiculous because it actually forces people not to think and question and to ask pertinent information and questions that can help people in some way to understand more. So conspiracy to me is a reality, and I mean it's. I mean even like General Westmoreland. I mean he was at uh, uh, Harvard University. And he stated to the entire populace that the Bay of Tonka incident was set up, and it basically threw everybody into the Vietnam War. So if that's not a conspiracy to overthrow and undermine the the the, the idea of what the American public thinks, mm -hmm. I don't know what is. Why do you think, or do you think that there is a conspiracy in play to suppress the information? about extraterrestrials and extraterrestrial visitation? Well, I, like I said, I think it has more to do with control. I mean, oh my God, like even somebody like without even going on an extraterrestrial level, which we will, but Tesla, mm -hmm. like I mean, he himself and the inventions that he came up with yeah. are, and I'm sure when he passed away, there's information we know nothing about. And it behooves whoever has that information to manipulate other people. And, and, and that's what I find is that whoever is running this sort of behind-the-show scene thing, it's not really about money. It's more about control and either gaining something that we know nothing about, whether it's technology or moving past uh, realms that we know nothing about, then, I, then, I, then I, 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 I seriously question all of the motives behind it. I mean, I've seen some things from NASA cameras that are like, you know, pointing at the sun with those little tiny things that are flying around. Like, I mean, and then why is it all of a sudden that NASA blocks out their their, their camera of the sun so people can't actually look at what's going on? That, that that's, that's very incriminating. Well, it's, it's either very incriminating or what they're doing may have nothing to do with the incrimination, but what they're doing is that there may be some natural anomalies that are occurring that people are using their imaginations to create something that's not really there, like... They're seeing something, but it may not have anything to do with UFOs. It may not have anything to do with spaceships. But because it is on the NASA feed, NASA is actually feeding the hysteria behind it. Exactly. 
And that's the thing about all of this is that the, who's benefiting from it? Why is there yeah. the suppression of the information? And that's the thing. In this day and age, information in our word is like gold. Yeah. So, so when people have no comment or you're, they're passing the buck on a regular basis, but mm-hmm. nobody wants to have the onus, that's where we really start to have the problem and where the confusion starts to lie. And, and everybody's left ask, asking or, or forgetting about it within a five to ten year span and not even worrying about it anymore. Exactly, and a perfect example of this in today's today's news is over 90 days ago, Flight 370 disappeared. That's do you, right. Do you hear about it today in the news? No, no. everybody's talking about Tiananmen Square and how exactly. nobody's talk, talking about it. And that's, I think that's the thing, is that the acceleration of the technology that we have today is incredible. Yeah. Here you and I can sit and talk with clarity and have this show, and, and you know, years ago, not even... 20 years ago, there was I was still sending information around via the the postal service. Exactly here, you know, banking instantly. Everything happens. It's moving so quickly that people don't have a, t- a time to catch up mentally with things that are going on. It's hard to navigate through it all. So to even have empathy for for history or a situation is difficult. Ed, stand by. Nice talking to you. Thank you very much for joining us tonight, Ed. Ed Roman's my special guest. www.edroman.net this is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and around the world on the XZBN. We'll be back. Don't go away. Are you considering calling a psychic to read your situation? Then consider David Champion, a psychic medium for more than 20 years with thousands of readings under his belt. David Champion will make you feel comfortable. He has proven to be honest and accurate. He's a straight shooter. There's no guesswork. What he sees is what you get. While he is a medium, most of the calls focus on relationships. Not only love, but work, school, neighbors, and more. Need help with finding a job and preparing for the interview? Are you dealing with people who are obstacles in your path? For more information, go to davidchampion.com. $1.50 per minute paid by credit card with a minimum of 30 minutes. For your reading with David Champion, call 1-877-702-8598. That's 1-877-702-8598. Now you can dial in to listen to the Exxon Radio Show from anywhere in the world with Rob McConnell 24-7, 365 by dialing 213-401-0080. That's 213-401-0080. If you have a mobile phone or landline, the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is now at your beck and call at 213-401-0080. That's 213-401-0080, 24-7, 365. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. This is Elizabeth Joyce with Stargazing, week of June 2nd to June 8th on the X-Zone. There's plenty of romantic energy in the agenda this week, even if you might not be able to think straight. June is relatively quiet compared to the last two months. The only big issue is Mercury turning retrograde June 7th through July 1st. The communication breakdown cycle begins in Cancer, the sign of family, food, home, and emotions. Then it goes backwards into mental Gemini. Plan to do a lot of short, quick projects this month rather than taking on something excessive. It would be good to catch up with old friends or to learn something new. This is the final month of Jupiter in Cancer. The purpose has been to create a life that includes more nurturing, both for yourself and others. Monday the 2nd is particularly a good day for sharing with others. Remember that Mercury turns retrograde at the end of the week, so take care of communications and date scheduling now. On Wednesday, the love planet Venus and Taurus will embrace enchanting Neptune in a supportive sextile. This aspect guarantees that Earth and water signs will enjoy their coming to the hypnotic spell of their sweetheart. Creative pursuits are also favored. There are two grand trines on Thursday the 5th. This is auspicious, but it moves through very quickly. Do something nice for yourself. One triangle is the feeling of water signs, Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. The other is the practical earth signs of Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. Be productive, but make sure your emotions are engaged in projects towards the end of the week. And on Friday, the sun is in Gemini, and that will be a supportive link to Uranus. High voltage energy, along with clever ability to move forward in your progressive personal agenda, will become second nature. Everyone will enjoy focusing on what promotes their individual expression. In fact, this is what will make you come alive. The moon is in social Libra for the weekend. Confirm your plans and practice adaptability because Mercury turns retrograde on Saturday. That trickster planet is ready to cause trouble again. Mercury retrograde begins in sentimental cancer, but will spin backward until July 1st. You might spend more time strolling down memory lane or dwelling on a family situation you wish you could do over. If you open your heart into it, maybe you can. And if you'd like more information about Elizabeth Joyce, visit her online at www.new-visions.com. That's www.new-visions.com. Her email address is elizabeth.joyce.email at gmail.com. And she's available on Skype by elizabeth.joyce. Explanation, my guest this hour is Ed Roman. His website is www.edroman.net. And, Ed, before we went to the commercial break, we were talking about conspiracies. Um, okay, so we've got the conspiracy theorists out there who really believe that the governments of the world are have a conspiracy in place in order to suppress the information on, on uh, what they believe to be as extraterrestrial landings and extraterrestrials being here. They talk about MJ-12, they talk about the Roswell crash, they talk about Area 51, Nellis Air Force Base, and the list goes on. But you said something very interesting. You started to talk about the amount of information 
that we have at our fingertips. Is it possible, in your opinion, that we are suffering from information overload, that we don't have the amount of time that is required to process the data we're being fed? Well, and absolutely. And and I think that's the thing about technology is that, you know, it needs to be taken with mm-hmm. a grain of salt and, and, and how we integrate it with our lives. We're, we're so, you know, rushing towards that enlightened moment of what's to come next that things like become antiquated within days. Yeah. So so I, I think it's, it's, it's highly integral to remember remember what it is. To me, like if we use the metaphor of a hammer, and people might think, well, a hammer is not technology. But not so long ago, it actually was. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it created the civilization that we have today. And the thing about a hammer is, is that you can build a home with it or you can kill somebody with it. And, and it has the option in your life to do what, you know, the free will aspect says you can do with it. You have the choice to do. And we also, too, in many ways, are forced to participate in many things that require it. So it's very, it becomes very difficult for most people to, to, some people are addicted to it and some people, you know, take it, like I say, with a grain of salt and they use it for that purpose. But it also becomes like, in my personal experience, I mean, you know, years ago, not that long ago, I wasn't a part of the Facebook, Twitter sort of uh, thing. I was always computer savvy, but I just wasn't socially networking as much as I, I nearly have today. But the reality of it was is that is instantaneously joining those sort of things that we all know that are out there. People were returning my calls. I was communicating with people and I seemed to fit into the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and that's where a lot, I think a lot of people in this world feel the sense of acceptance, not only to talk about their businesses and their, their ventures and things that they do, but like there's cries for help. There's, there's people asking for donations to help other people. There's people telling stories that you know n- none of the big media discusses and talks about. So it has this fruitful aspect of it that I think is in some ways kept us together and stopped us from killing one another and at the same time it's also something that's also you know uh, desocialized us from from uh, act, acting the same way that we did in in what people today would call antiquated systems and it, even in the music field I mean and this is something that's not abnormal right across the board there's less people that participate in going out in musical events just because there's so many other things going on that that's not something that they frequent like think about the 1970s in Toronto and and how active the Queen Street scene was oh, Yorkville yeah. every I mean it was humming and as yep. a good musician in Toronto you could be working five or six nights a week and making a good living doing what you're doing. But now you have to almost beg people to come to see a show to to participate, unless it's a huge act, mm-hmm. you're, you're a supporting act and you're playing at the cops or something's going on. But it's it, I, I noticed this, and even as a almost, you know, teacher for almost 25 years of music, the also decline in the amount of tactical ability or the, the, the hunger for it. Whereas like, you know, let's say 10 or 15 years years ago teaching, you know, I was teaching so many kids and now there's like less and less and less that are involved and wanting to get involved in. And when I grew up, that's why I became a musician because we didn't have all the technology that we have today. A guitar was technology. Sure a was. drum set was technology. So if you got good at what you did at your craft, that's what you were acclimated for, not because of the thing you said in your post that day. And and and, and even sometimes today I'm like I've met people online and they're they're posing all these quotes of other people and I'll say, well, what do you think? And I, they have nothing to say. Yeah. So at the same time, what is it really doing? And, and you're right. 
Rob, there's so much information out there that you couldn't even ingest if you started reading from the moment you were a zygote till you lived to be 106 years old. You couldn't ingest all the literary information out there. Uh, and how, rele- how relevant, is it, it, relevant is it to your life at that moment in time? So uh, it has many aspects to it. It scars and yeah. it spores at the same time. Well, just take a look at how damaging the, 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 the information that is accessible is to people today. Electronic bullying, social media <laughs> bullying yeah. is, a, is an example. And then you have what happened to Do- Donald uh, Sterling. Where here he is, he's in his house where he believes that he has the right to say what he wants. He's recorded. The recording gets to TMZ. TMZ plays it. Bang. And look what happened. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but that's the thing, is that why do we have then the laws in place that mm. say we are allowed to air and voice our opinions, whether they be pleasurabilities or disdainment? And, and, and that's the thing, is qu- even questioning inside of the, you say, the conspiracy theorists, you know, talking about world domination or mm-hmm. whatever. If you bring those things up, like you look at even 9-11. Yeah. There's, a, there's such a divide in the social conscience about either people want to just look at the information, like the Kennedy assassination, yeah. you know, during the Warren Commission. And the other half of the people say, you're unpatriotic, you c- shouldn't be questioning people like that. That's, that's very sort of fascistic, uh, uh, although, it, you know, hidden under the, the culture of the idea that it's patriotic. But the reality of it is, is that it, cre- it creates a divide when really everybody should just be wanting to look at the information, even if you have to question it twice or three times. That's your right. That's your right. You see, but I've, what I've seen over my years doing this show is that what people claim to be democracy really isn't because people have given up their right to make changes. That's right. You know, it's, it's no longer we the people, it's I the person, and when things don't go their way, boy, they talk a heck of a game sitting in their living room the day after the decision was made. But people Bingo. don't want to get involved. Well, they, my dad they, said society gets what yeah, it deserves. And, exactly. And it's, if you don't want to get involved in mm-hmm. what's going on, you'll get walked over. Yeah, and if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. No, in my own personal experience with some of the conundrums that are going on with a road alignment, even in front of my house, here mm-hmm. I have two mayors of two separate towns, a police chief and the foreman of the job, and they all have been lying to me for three days. I've caught them all in lies. And had I not taken it to the newspapers and created a stink about it, I would, I would have been walked all over. They would have cut down the trees in front of my house. They would have done whatever they wanted to the flower beds that are 120-year-old oh edible strain of, uh, you know, all of that stuff. And, and I had to sit and, and, and catch them in the lie in order to prove it. So my word mm-hmm. and what I actually, in my protection as a citizen, is overridden by what the corporation wants because – Think of this. I used to work as a, a music therapist, and I had a problem with a kid that was trying to break in our house. I called the police department, and they told me to go to work. <laughs> You've got to be kidding. No, I am not kidding. Not a word of a lie, and that was the OPP that I called. Then I have this conversation with the mayor of, of one of the towns. He assures me the police will show up the next morning at 6.30, and they don't. And I'm here with a video camera in videotaping them in breach of their contract. And despite I've showed it to both mayors, the police chief, and the contractor, they've got nothing to say about it. 
It's wow. ridiculous. So if you don't stand up for what you believe in, say what you think, That's right. and actually get involved in what's going on, you're going to get in trouble. Even if it means going to the ballot box, Rob, and spoiling your ballot, but because just, that's still having an opinion. You know, that's right. And so many people that I've talked to, and and this is a, it just frustrates the hell out of me, Ed, is that... Well, you know what? What's the difference? If we do something, what's it going to change? Well, for gosh sake, if that's your attitude, nothing's going to change. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. It's like what Yoda said to Luke. The reason that you fail is because you won't believe it. You won't try. There's that's no. Right. There's no do. There's only try. Yeah. And then how, how are we supposed to move forward? How did we get to this point if, our, if all of our ancestors and our forefathers said the same thing? Oh, it's, it, it drives me nuts. It, 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 and it's the same thing. It's like it's symmetrical with so many different things. Think about what, you know, the, some of the corporations are doing with citizens in certain areas and their public rights. Yeah. And despite that they have to fight certain corporations for their rights, those corporations will lobby the government and they'll, they'll fight injunctions despite a court case is actually going on. And the citizens are helpless. Yeah. Well, and, that's because the corporation has the deep pocket. You got it. Yeah. You got it. And that's where, like, Umberto Mussolini, when he was asked the question about fascism, he says, we don't have fascism. We have fascist co- corporate dictatorship. And that's technically what we have today. Even in Canada alone, Rob, if you ask the average Canadian citizen about, you know, the electoral bill that's going on, they'll mm-hmm. talk about it. They know about it. But you don't hear Bill Peter Mansbridge on CBC talking about Bill C-18. Well, of course And not. the fact that the entire farmers union is pleading with the agricultural minister to not allow this bill to go through so Monsanto can have their quote-unquote heyday yeah. with our country. Well, of course not. CBC won't because CBC is funded by the government. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. You know, it's just like, why do most Canadian uh, actors, most Canadian artists go down to the States? Because they get no support from Canada. That's right. I mean, it's unfortunate to even say it. I'm happy to say to Mike Stouffer and all of his help and what's going on in the States with, yeah. my, with my music. But the reality of it is I've been trying to get arrested and get help in my own country for the longest time. And this is something that's not un, out of the ordinary for other artists. Now, I mean, look at Jimi Hendrix. I mean, back in the 60s, he oh, played yeah. with Little Richard. And he, it's not until he went to Britain, Chaz Chandler found him and he became who he was at the United States. So, well, Jimmy's ours. Well, look at the you Beatles. Know. They didn't become an international name until they came to New York to the Ed Sullivan show. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo, exactly. Oh my so God, it's the, I'm that's the thing my about support and, and our culture. Like, so even going back to the comment about the 70s and the mm-hmm. club scene, it's like it was the support of the community getting involved that kept it alive. Do you think it'll ever change? Do you think people will get off their butts and actually do something? Look, God, let's talk about the 60s and, and the peace movement and, and the hippies and... You know, they put their heart and their soul into everything they did, and they made the changes happen. Well, and that's the thing is that the '60s was a beautiful point, but at the same time, if you if you look into some of the like people like Alan Watt and other people who have talked about stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the acid culture, you know, the, Tim Leary Ginsburg, it was really created by the, the the military and the CIA and those early acid tests that they did with people, and sure. then it was dis- it was disseminated into the culture, and the idea that that this movement was something that was partially created through the people, but at the same time manifested for a reason. I think I think this whole conundrum is really more like these people are like gardeners. And because I'm a gardener and I'm getting older in my age and I'm sort of looking at the world a little differently these days, it's like going and planting things that you want to plant 
and you reap and you rotate that on a regular basis and harvest it. The garden knows not of what it goes through other than its growing process, and it doesn't usually question the gardener. But the gardener is always manipulating it in order for its own need. I, I grow my garden, I grow my peppers, I plant them, I rotate it, I do certain things in a certain way so I can have them for months to come. And it's the same thing that I think that it's going on, is that there are many things that are created and manifested and cultured all through time, whether we could talk about war or the 60s movement, all of those things sort of leave us with this idea of like, we're a part of something, but at the same time, they're also instigated. I mean, even like the First World War and the, the Black Arm with mm -hmm. Franz Ferdinand uh, and funded by the Russians and the Serbian government. Uh, then there was the, this, the issues with Hitler and, and, you know, Prince Edward abdicating his position on the throne. And we've really... got to take our final break. Please stand by. Exonation sure. Ed Roman's our guest, www.edroman.net. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. With each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag, both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com and author signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com. That's www.whentechfails.com and www.mattstein.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com.
Exonation, Ed Roman is our special guest. Uh, first of all, Ed, I want to thank you so much for joining us. And, um, uh, you know, it's... How do, how, do we, how, do we, how do we encapsulate everything we've, we've been talking about over the last hour? Well, let me say thanks for having me on. And it's been a great pleasure talking to you. You're a nice gentleman, and it's it, it good to talk about things that seem to be real. And in that mm. statement, encapsulate, to me, Rob, I think it's keeping an open head. You know, Jim Mars once said, the mind is like a parachute. It works best when it's open. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that the idea of questioning things, not out of a state of ego, but out of the state of learning, because, I mean, you know, that's the key, I think, to life is that we're always, you know, learning from people, each other experiences, you know. Uh, let every man be my mentor so I may learn from them. Good and bad experiences. Yeah. And and that that we all live in such a complicated day and age and that we're all fighting these little personal battles. And I... I Consequently, somehow they're they're cosmically or uh, electronically now connected, and there's so much information moving out there that it's important to breathe, to remember to 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 take a stance as well at things that you believe in, even if it means somebody is saying you're crazy for asking the question, because it it's omnipresent with a multitude of things that are in our lives right now. And, and I think uh, uh, maybe I have a, a fortunate ability and I feel blessed and lucky that as a musician, a music to me is like, you know, I, I've met guys who's like, okay, I got in it because of the girls and the money and da 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 I've always felt music has this spiritual connection to life and, and, it's, and, it's, and its perceptions and, and, and the way that people write and articulate certain things. So for me, I, when I'm asking questions to people or I'm having a, an argument or a discussion or whatever it might be, I'm always trying to learn. And, I, and even if it's a bad experience, it, it may take a couple days to soak through the old membrane to figure out what really just happened. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm always going to try to come back and, and, and try to look for that positive because there's a lot of negative out there. And it, so I think questioning stuff is, is highly integral. Communication is the key. And, and, don't, and, and, and looking to the media is one thing. The grain of salt thing needs to be there. But, but there's so much more like a show like this or talk radio or other places that I've, I've get great information from where people are like, I've never heard of that. And you think, well, but that's why you don't know that information. And you're yeah. questioning me, but you yet you refuse to look into it. And that's where the conundrum lies. Ed, uh, the time has come for us to say so long, but I, but before we go, we've got about uh, 40 seconds. Tell us about where you are in your music career and what's in store for the public listening to Ed Roman. Hey, the album's doing really great in the States right now, and uh, it's called Letters from High Latitudes. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, you could get it at edroman.net. I'm in a whirlwind radio tour, television and magazine uh, tour right now, and I'm heading down to the States in September and October to, to do some playing. I am at the Magna Center in Aurora for the Relay for Life on the 6th. Uh, at midnight on the main stage, and that's for the cancer drive that happens yeah. every year, and it's great a cause. real privilege to be a part of that. Great cause. You're a great guy, Ed. Appreciate you being on the show. Continued success, and I look forward to the next time you join us back here in the Exxon. My pleasure, Robson. You take care, my man. You too, my friend. Exxon Nation, Ed Roman has been my guest this hour. Once again, his latest... Uh, Musical feat is called Letters from High Latitudes. It's available by going to www.edroman.net. That's www.edroman.net. Great guy, fellow Canadian. What can I say?
Yay, Maple Leaf. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. <laughs> <laughs> 